And you got to think of that goodness. You know what? It says that the glory of God is his goodness. <laughs> part of me, that's part of the glory. Anything good is from the glory. Amen. Well, you can be seated. Hallelujah. Okay, so I went, God, I want I wanted just like last week, I wanted it to be whatever he wanted and not just something, you know. Um I got stuff here on consecration. You know, the Lord consecrated himself. In fact, where are those papers that we copied? They're back there. Um, okay, you don't, have to cop you don't have to pass them out yet. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Lord consecrated himself to, to, to God, his Father. Yeah. However, <laughs> it, it says in one of the verses that he said, if it be possible... Let this cup pass from me. Woo! He had a, and that's when the sweats of the sweats of blood. The blood it, he sweat blood, which the doctors say there is no other person that they know of that's ever, that ever happened to. He was so his blood pressure got so high that it came out of his pores without killing him. Woo! I mean, he was under pressure. And then finally he said, "My, your will be done and not mine. So just, just think, I mean, he had a little moment there when he wasn't sure. And I want to tell you, there's a lack of consecration today. Things are so different from when I was a kid. And I'm not, and I'm not kidding you. It's, it's just a lot of difference. Lack of respect, lack of gratefulness. Without gratefulness, you will not make it. Yeah, I tell cell phones can be a huge distraction. They are to even me. But then there's times they come in so handy. When I was in the hospital, I stayed overnight, one night. Okay, all I did was listen to preachers, and they were coming in every two hours and doing something to me. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> but uh, just they heard all the preachers, <laughs> praise God. And so in that way, it comes in handy. They heard Nancy Dufresne and Jay Everly and Kenneth Copeland <laughs> and everybody. Okay, so we're going to say a prayer of consecration before we go. Now, okay, so what I did was, Lord... Then I listened to Nancy Dufresne, part five, on discerning our part and discerning the Lord. And I thought, whoa, I'm taking notes on it. And I'm just going to admit to you, I am going to teach her note, my, the notes that I took from it. But I've added, there was a couple things I added to that. But okay, because of just everything, even myself, <laughs> you know, health, healing, and long life belong to us. Yeah. Amen. Jesus paid for it, and he purchased it, and we're not taking it. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> okay, so we're going to receive communion today. And, uh, and now I will say this much, that I did know this way back. First, and you know that every single time that we have had, had communion, we go to 1 Corinthians 11. And we say about that. Well, let's go there right now. Okay, so We always read from 27 on in the Amplified when before we go to communion. And then I always say, okay, so let, let's just read it now. I didn't know how I was going to do this exactly, but okay. Let's just read that now. So is the Amplified up there? Okay. Verse 27. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord 
in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning, sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man thoroughly examine himself, and only when he has done so should he eat of the bread and drink of the cup. I've literally had people that did not take communion after I've preached this. Okay, okay, they had a reason or felt, you know, I don't know what their reason was. For anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating and recognizing with due appreciation that it is Christ's body, eats and drinks a sentence, a verdict of judgment upon himself. And that careless and unworthy participation is the reason many of us are weak and sickly and quite often enough of you have fallen into the sleep of death and died prematurely. Yeah. Prematurely. For if we searchingly examined ourselves, detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition, we would not be judged and penalty decreed by divine judgment. Okay, so now let's go back to verse 23 and go in the King James. Okay. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body. Well, in chapter 6 of John, they said he was, that he was a cannibal. He had, he had 75, wait, 70 disciples and 12 more, 82 of them. And he, you know what? Those 70 left him because they didn't like his sermon. <laughs> People will leave because it's, it's not playing church. Oh, where was that? Okay, he said, this is my body, huh? Which is broken for you. Take it, take my body and eat it. And then he says, take my blood and drink it. Well, they accused him of being a cannibal. John chapter 6 is very interesting. And when Nancy Dufresne came here the very first time, and she was visiting all the churches, and there were 11 of them. And she changed her sermon for us only. She talked about finances and all the rest of them except for us. And she used John 6 and says, you're going to leave me too? Go ahead, go. He said to his 12 disciples. <laughs> he said to Peter and John, go ahead, leave me. <laughs> you all leave me. You think I'm a cannibal too? You think this wasn't, you know what I mean? <laughs> and she, you know, she says, no. Well, that, I'd like to pull out that tape. It was not, it, we didn't have like, a, you know, live, or we didn't have it um, videoed or anything like that, but I'd like to hear what she said from that sometime. We got to find it. John, John, got to find it. What year was that? Was it 20? Okay, 15. Okay. Oh, way before. Yeah. All right. So, so King James, we are in. Okay. Next verse, it says, After the same manner he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Not just, well, I remember the Lord, but remembering what he did for you. We have to remember that part. And drink this, and for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. It's so scribbled up, I can hardly read, <laughs> read the words. But Okay, wherefore also whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily or irreverently. Just, oh, we're having communion. That's why it's a little bit of a thing with little kids. Do they know what they're doing? I mean, you should explain it to them, at least. 
because irreverently shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and let him eat of that bread and drink of the cup. For he that eats and drinks unworthily or irreverently eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning the, the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep the sleep of death prematurely. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. <laughs> okay, so, so we are to remember what he did for us. Now, the Holy Spirit wrote this, and this is a warning because this is a cause why people get weak and sickly and infirmities start to happen. Now, I've always said that, and you discern the body two ways. I mean, you know I've said it. It's the, what he did for us on the cross, but I didn't explain it like she did. So we're going to explain it more thoroughly. And, and the other one is that we are the body of Christ and we are to love each other and not judge each other and stuff like that and, and forgive each other. So he, he wrote what, what was purchased for us. Okay, so um, now this, in fact, this whole passage isn't even for the unsaved but it's for believers. It's for Christians. And this whole, whole New Testament is for us. So we know what's going on. It's for the churches. It was written. That's why I'm telling you to read it. Because it's what we should be doing in our life as Christians. And it's a warning. And there are many weak and sickly and died prematurely before they should. And this is the cause because they have not been discerning the Lord's body. What does it mean, not discerning the Lord's body? Now, it's, we'll go with this again. Twofold. Not discerning or recognize the, recognizing the importance of realizing that sickness and de disease was laid on Jesus. He bore it, all of the sickness, all of the disease, on the body, on his own body. His blood, is the pay, he paid the price with his blood for our sins. So we should have dominion and authority over sin. People find it hard not to stop sinning, but they have the dominion and authority. And when we don't apply this stuff, and put up our faith for it, we permit symptoms in our body. See, we're, we are putting up with stuff that we should not put up with. And I know that too. And it's because we're not discerning or remembering as he told us. So that, that all this stuff was laid on his body. And his body was broken so ours could be whole. And if we don't remember that or use our faith, you got to use your faith for it. you got to believe it. This is a cause why many are weak, sickly, and die prematurely. Now, that's the first application. We're going to spend most of the time on the other part. The second one is not discerning the whole body of Christ. And which is made up of every single child of God throughout the world. That's the body of Christ. I even say that at weddings. Because, you know, I, and, I, and I can remember at, at Lonnie and Sonia's up in the mountains, they said, oh. <laughs> I remember somebody went, oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, when I said that. <laughs> but Jesus is the head and we are the body. We're the hands, yeah. the feet, the shoulders. In fact, fivefold ministry is the shoulders, the chest, the waist, the stomach, the, the thighs, the knees, the joints, you know, the lower leg, the feet, the toes, 
every one of the, all of it. We are his body. And I mean, I've said that over and over and over. Somebody graduated from ORU and they said, wow, I never heard that before. <laughs> and yeah, in fact, you know him. Whoops, just fell off. Okay, so now if you think, and this is the way she said, you think about this, the head cannot do anything without the body. Here's my head. And where my body goes, my head goes, right? So, see, your head doesn't float out the door and your body walks somewhere else in the church, right? Or you're headless. I can remember they used to have the headless investigator and all kinds of these dumb shows when I was young on TV. Anyway, okay, my head anyway, is not independent of my body or my body independent of my head. But see, he is the head. Can you get this? And you're a part of the body. Whoops, this whole microphone is falling off. Here, better put it back on my belt. Okay. See, in Jesus is the head of the body of Christ. And he cannot do anything without his body doing it. He can't. Can you see that? I mean, you've got to do something. You've got, you got a part in it. Now, I, I'm here. The, okay, see, Jesus, the head of the body, cannot do anything independently or without the body of Christ in the earth. Now, what if I ex constantly go to Ephesians 1? <laughs> and um, I think she did give this, though, this part. Go to verse 22 and 23. And Jesus, it says he. Now, sometimes I ask you, who are they talking about? And you go, oh, see, you've got to concentrate on what you're saying. Yeah. And he, who's he? Some people say God. No, they're talking. It's Jesus. He, the head, has put all things. He has put all things. No, wait a minute. No, that is the father. Sorry. <laughs> but he has put all things under his. Who's his? Jesus' feet. And has appointed Jesus, the universal, the universal, way in all the other countries, all over the place. And supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which the church, now here the next thing says, which is his body. In other words, the church is the body. And he's the head. But we got to get connected with him. <laughs> the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him. But see, when one of you is missing, when one of you is backsliding, when one of you doesn't care, it's not the fullness of the body. For in that body lives, the body of Christ lives in your body. You know, I got an artificial hip now, artificial leg, <laughs> not a leg, but knee on the other side. Hey, they stole all my lymph nodes on this side. <laughs> and it wasn't necessary. They took them because the dye didn't work when I had that cancer thing. And they took them all and they were all healthy. And that is huge. I can't let them take blood pressure. I can't let them take blood out of the side. And see, I could be a person who is full of swelling, but it, it never has happened to me. Because your lymph nodes pull out fluid, and they also fight infection. I'm healthy as a horse. And I want to tell you, but a healthy horse. <laughs> anyway. So, but in that body lives the full measure of, 
of him who makes everything complete, who fills everything everywhere with himself, if we would just all cooperate together, we could win the world in two seconds. This thing keeps coming down too. Is there a clip there? Because it keeps, it keeps pulling me. Okay. Um, all right. So since I have emphasized this, she didn't go here, but I'm going to go. Go to verse 16 now in that same chapter. Now, it says in the King James, I cease not to give thanks. Make it, make it a lot of room, though, because when I turn my head and stuff like this or get wild with my arms. In the King James, it says, I cease not to give thanks for you, all the body of Christ, making mention of you, the body of Christ, in my prayers. See, this is written to born-again people, not to the world. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You got to get in the word so you get revelation knowledge of what the word says. Revelation knowledge, I mean, just like that, you know what to do. You start to apply it because it's in here. Revelation knowledge, you can read this and it'd be up in the head. We're talking real stuff, not where I came from for 40 years, where it was nothing but fake and it was in the head. Head mental knowledge. And I, I know you know this, but I tell you what, we've got to live it. That's what God is, I'm, I, you don't know, I cried out to him and prayed in tongues and cried out to him and cried out to him. What do you want me to tell him? And this is, must be it. <laughs> but it's important that you take this serious. That's why we're always going there. But get it in so it's, it's in, your, in your spirit. You know what it says. Okay. Uh, I just can't emphasize it enough. Okay, where was I? What verse? Okay. Yeah, okay, so 18 says, the eyes of your, we, revelation knowledge is knowledge that you get from the word, and bam, it just comes right up out of your spirit to your mind when the rubber meets the road, and you know what to do. Amen. And that's what it is. Otherwise, this is just a bunch of words. But the only way to get it is to start reading it, to make it a bunch of words. See, the eyes of your understanding in here are enlightened that you may know what is the hope of God's calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Your inheritance is huge. All the money that you would ever need or want. All the healing, walking in divine health, peace with God. I know we're not there. Heaven on earth free of sickness and disease. That's what Kenneth Copeland's talking about. That's what the prophets are talking about. Heaven on earth. And we're supposed to be getting there. We're supposed to be rising to a higher place. The only way you're going to get that is to know what's in this word. Really. Uh, it's so that you'll know this inheritance this is a great inheritance. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? You know, that's dunamis, resurrection, raising from the dead power. It's, it's, uh, it, it's well, it's resurrection power. <laughs> to us, word, who believe? According, see, and we're supposed to believe because here's the example, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. We're supposed to have that power. That's what that's saying. See, you, and you read that often enough, you or say it often enough, you get the revelation of that. And then he set him, set who there? Jesus at his own right hand in the heavenly places. 
far above all principality and power and rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. Or as another way as might and dominion. And every single name, names of diseases and, and names of lack, names of all kinds of stuff, depression and oppression and anger, whatever. And every name, names of rulers, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. And he's put all things under Jesus' feet, God the Father, and gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church. Gave Jesus to be the head over all things. We need to be so attached to him that we're not doing stuff separately. Which is his body. The hands, the feet, the arms, and the legs. You can't be in a church and not do anything. You, ha you should be participating in the church or part of it. It's the fullness because we all need each other and we need each other in the church. So I figured this has a lot to do with it. See, and then what happens? In verse 20, it says, he exerted this power in Christ. Now I'm in the Amplified again. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And I put, put Ephesians 1.20 equals Ephesians 2.6. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he raised us up together with him. We got the same seating. Amen. Highest place of authority in the universe. And the Lord showed me one time that that was the place that the devil tried to take control of. It was above the throne. He put us there instead. He threw Satan out of heaven. Or Lucifer was his name then. And he raised us up together with him. He made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him because he's the head and we're the body and we're not detached from him. In the heavenly sphere, by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah. You know, and I saw that that's why I wanted to emphasize that all the time. Okay, so is... <laughs> We're seated, Jesus is the head of the church at the Father's right hand. Is he without the body? No. Who is the body? But what is it called in the earth? The born again church. No, we are seated there also and we are not headless. To see how all these scriptures come together in revelation knowledge. Ephesians 1. I could go on and on and on. Because Ephesians, you know, it oh, oh, just all over the place. Colossians. Okay, so Proverbs 29, 18 even says, well, let's go there. Put Proverbs out of the Amplified. And I'm not going to expound on this, though. 29.18. I'll let her put it up. Okay. It says, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation knowledge of God. In this church, you got revelation knowledge. The people will perish. But are we acting on it? See what I... But he who keeps the law of God, which includes the law of man. I bet you he'd be happy if you obeyed some of the, the stuff. So, you know, because it's hard on these guys to, you know, <laughs> to uh, arrest people who are drunk. <laughs> I don't mean that you're drunks, but <laughs> drinking the Lord, <laughs> but are speeding or whatever. It says, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is that man that gets revelation knowledge. It's a revelation, and what did it say? Redemptive. What are we redeemed from? See? But as soon as something happens, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, devil. I want to tell you something. Okay, so... This is arthritis, severe. 
Okay? The reason. I don't even want to go there. <laughs> okay. Because it's right. But see, okay, so it's removed. And see, it's feeling pretty good. You know, going to physical therapy, putting four-pound weights on my leg, making me go, with my leg. Shice! <laughs> anyway, okay, but actually it feels good. And anyway, all right. So all of a sudden I can't walk on my foot because my heel, and it's like, anybody ever encounter heel spurs? I couldn't walk on this foot because of that. I knew what it was because I've encountered that before. And then I was half, I was really praying in bed, you know, and, and I was going, God, and it was like, oh. So they took the arthritis out, and so the devil says, well, I'm going to hit a different spot where there is some. And I'm not kidding you, I was walking on my toes. It was the worst pain on there. I couldn't put my way, bear my weight. And I thought, this is ridiculous. And I took authority over it because I was doing good in this area, and that was much more serious. <laughs> and you know what? Lo and behold, I stepped out of bed, and it was gone. <laughs> I took authority. So do that. Do that. See, this is an experience. Okay, so that revelation of our redemption is who we are in him, what we can do in him, what, what we have in him. Oh, it's just, you know that. You know, we need to repeat that all the time so we get fired up. We are in him, and if we are in him, he is in us, and he is our head, and we are the body. In him we live and move and have our being. 1 John 4.17 says, as God is, so are we in this world. 1 John 4.4 4 says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. See, there, it goes on and on and on. See, we are the body of Christ, every born-again person, and we have to operate and cooperate with the head, Jesus, in order for our bodies to function properly. Every single member of the body of Christ is a member of the body of Jesus. And he's counting on the members of his body to fulfill the desires of him, the head. He wants us well. He wants us, right? And for Jesus' desires to be fulfilled, we got to cooperate. So we got to discern that we have a part to play with the head of the body, Jesus. Because for this cause, many are weak, sickly, and die prematurely. Why? Because we're not occupying the place and functioning according to what he told us. We're not cooperating with him. Always remember, Jesus did it all, and it's ours. But we have got to cooperate and be a doer of the word. Ooh, it's again, because of this. Otherwise, if you're not a doer, as soon as you feel a symptom, start, now I'm telling you, start taking authority. Because of this, our many are weak and sickly and die prematurely. Okay, so there's a Norley translation, and you don't have to put that up there. But it, that one says, because of this indifference toward the body of Christ, many people are feeble and sickly, and many have died. See, and never can we be indifferent to what is important to Jesus. Amen? You cannot. This is, oh boy. The body of Christ is so important to Jesus. He's depending on us. On the earth, the whole body is important. So you individually are important to him. And why? Because the body of Christ is his family, and we need to treat his family as important, right? right? And what does that mean? We should not do or say anything to injure or harm the body of Christ, the family. To do or say anything about the body of Christ is like taking a stick or a knife 
and beating your own body. Now, I, all of a sudden, I remembered a vision of this lady had at Word Outreach when we were going there in Omaha, First Church, you know, that was born again, spirit-filled, doing Kenneth Hagin stuff. And, and she has Jim Gilsdorf, yeah, his, his, uh, his wife, or he was an intercessor for Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and he came to Omaha, and he had gotten married. His wife had a vision, and she said, it was like it was a knife, and she saw this knife in her own hand, cutting up her legs. And she said, "What? What is this vision, Lord?" And he said, "That's what my body does to each other when they judge each other and gossip about each other and have things they say." Yee! So see, that's that same thing that I just said. To do or say anything about the body of Christ is like taking a stick or a knife and beating, beating his body. See, we're all one body. And don't do anything to damage the body, to hinder it or hold it back. Okay, go to for, um, Okay, now this is where I already told you this. Okay, so I had told you about let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Okay, that I put that right there, but we already went over that. You remember that, right? Okay, now let's go to Ephesians 4.16, but she used the New Living Translation. Ephesians 4.16. Should have had it marked. Oh, here it is. Here's what it says. Under God's direction... The whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Even your own body. When one part is, is going haywire, it haunts right? And it inhibits you from being all you can be. Okay, so under his direction, what it means is the whole body is fitted together perfectly. It's where he has set you in the body. God puts you there to have a perfect fit. And don't be, try to be in a place where you do not fit. Don't try to function in a position you do not fit in. Then the second part, as each part does its own special work. So see, it helps the other parts grow. So we need to be mindful, am I helping the other parts of the body of Christ? Or is it just all about me, 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 me? <laughs> So we are to be body-minded, other people-minded in the body, and not self-minded. The whole body of Christ must be our interest and concern. And it should matter to us if another member is suffering or doesn't have what they need. Because God wants us all to grow. You don't want your body to stop growing spiritually because it hinders what it can do. And it hinders what the other parts of the body can do. Yes. See, and the more a body grows and spiritually develops, even like your little children, yes. right? The more fruit it's going to bear. True. The more you grow up yeah. this year, yes. the more yes. fruit you're going to bear, and we will accomplish more for him. Amen. And you know what? Then you're going to see that heaven on earth and people and the, and the revival the revival's not going to come without this. See, okay, and when each part does its own work, it helps the other parts grow. Okay, so that the whole body is healthy and growing. The whole body is healthy and growing. See, you grow in the real love of Christ, and you're growing in the love of Christ also. The real love of Christ. 
When one member is assisting the other parts, you start to grow in love. Yes. See, and it's just like you help your own body, your hands, and because of what. So what happens? Ken's back starts hurting. So he can't. <laughs> okay. And so I, so I put here, your hands and your back are vital to help you tie your shoes, to even help you put your shoes on. So is your hip. Because <laughs> I could not bend anymore. I couldn't get, uh, <laughs> you know, it was like, uh, I got to get down there. It's, it's already a lot easier. I mean, it's easy to, easier already. See, when you occupy and you function in a place where you fit, you bring a supply to the body. And now we're talking about the body of Christ in the church because you bring a supply, you're going to receive a supply. See, ask yourself, if your life is not receiving what it should, are we bringing our supply and doing our part? Because we will not reap what we do not sow. That's in Galatians 6, 7. Okay, here, and I've got 1 Corinthians 7, 17, but don't put it up there because this is, she used the Norley translation, and I copied it. Each one should fill the place God has assigned to him and to which the Lord has called him. This is the rule I laid down in all the churches. Paul said that in Corinthians. Everybody needs to fill his place that God has assigned to help and to which the Lord has called him. You don't come to a church and not do anything. See, every born-again child has a call. What is that call? To be where God set you. We've told you this more often than not in 1 Corinthians. It says that. Okay, to bring the supply God authored you to bring and to be in the place God assigned you. And that's the call every person has, whether you're in the five-fold ministry or the ministry of helps. And that's where you start out, or you'll never be in the five-fold ministry. See, our call is to be and do something and be in the place that God set us. We're not, and not trying to be in a different place, or, well, I'm sick of that place. I, all they ever do is tell you what to do. And to go. And while, while we are there... But while we're there, we're to function. So don't just be where you are supposed to be, but not functioning. And so back to Ephesians 4.16, the latter part says, and be full of love. So we are building ourselves up in love. Mm. It was so good out of, out of, what do I have? Uh, 16 through 20. I got to, I got oh, let's see. This is out of the New Living Translation. Come on, you can stay awake in this. See, this, this is another thing. This means so much to me. I go to bed early. I get my clothes out. They were already out. In fact, hey, Ron, you can testify. You used our restroom. I already had my clothes out yesterday morning for today. <laughs> and they all fell down off the hanger thing in the middle of the night though. <laughs> okay. Thank God they were the type that doesn't wrinkle. <laughs> With the Lord's okay. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. With the Lord's authority, let me say this. Live no longer as the ungodly do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their closed minds are full of darkness. They are far away from the life of God because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They don't care anymore about right and wrong, and they have given themselves over to immoral ways. Their lives are filled with all kinds of impurity and greed. But that isn't what you're being taught when you learned about Christ. Do you see what I mean? When people are doing that and just going to church and just doing whatever they want in the flesh, it, it's, there's certain things that we need to tweak in our life. And this is, I'm, 
God, I asked God, I'm now, for the whole two weeks, I, what do you want on the, you know, January 1st? And this is, this is it. But, so when we're not doing our part, we are not walking in love toward the body either. If we were not bringing our supply and therefore not work, walking in love toward the body of Christ, we have stepped out of love. And when step out of love, the Bible says, is sin. Yeah. And sin opens the door to the devil. And to not walk in love is one step in sin. And for this cause, many are weak and sickly and die prematurely. Well, here I am. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just talking about myself, too. Okay, I'm not dying prematurely. I'm, but, okay, why? Because they did not discern they had a part to play. And therefore, they're not walking in love with the body, and the body is affected because they're just doing their own thing. And uh, Nancy Dufresne actually said something about that. She would, you know, they were in a youth group, and she was talking about how they said, oh, I'm not going to youth group tonight. And she said, oh, yes, you are. You are part of a unit. You are part of a body in the church, even though it wasn't even a born-again church. And she said, when you do that, you, you are affecting the whole group. See, when we decide we will not fulfill our place or call on the body of Christ, we affect the whole body. And... The same when we choose not doing something ordinary instead of attending church. And if we want to walk in love, we can't leave out walking in love with the body of Christ. We bring our part, we bring our supply, and we close the door to the devil. And he can't attack you when you're, you're not in his territory. You cannot, we, honestly, and she was saying, I cannot over, overemphasize or overestimate how important it is to bring your supply. Yeah. I tell you what, okay, Psst. awake again. When we go to Marietta, all they do is thank us and thank us and thank us and thank us for bringing our supply. And all we're doing is sitting there enjoying ourselves. <laughs> but... But they, we pull it out of them. Well, sure, we may be given money, too, which is a supply. But that's not what they're talking about. Oh, Jackie, you came. Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing your supply. See, it does. It brings a supply. It pulls more revelation. It pulls out what God, God wants us. So, see... When we're in our place functioning and doing the will of God and fulfilling our call, and it could be simple as being in church, you know what I mean, or being part of the youth group. According to the scripture, it can be a matter of life and death. See, this, it sounds strong, but Paul said, for this cause. He said it in, in 1 Corinthians 11. See, they're not discerning how their actions are affecting the body of Christ. And it does affect us. I've gone home many times and cried for the people that didn't come, for, for anybody who doesn't tell me what's going on, for, for people who fall asleep when you go through, you know, it, you give up so much for God. But I mean, it's worth it to me. But it's true. See, people have to take double the tasks many times because someone didn't show, or if half of the body of Christ doesn't show up, it puts a strain on the rest of the body. And it's not, now how, it's not how we should treat the brethren, for they are the body of Christ just as we are. It's not, it's not love to pass our responsibility to somebody else. Now, I'm not trying to make it. <laughs> these were her words but I know how many times I've heard her say this too Luke 4.18 you don't have to go there Luke 4.18 says he, Jesus was giving his job description the spirit of the Lord God is upon me and you know what that's your job description 
because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, uh, opening the eyes of the blind, <laughs> to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, salvation. Okay, so, see, he talked about his job description, but right before Jesus left the earth and right before the cross, he gave an additional job description, and I'm uh, for sake of time, it's in Matthew 16, 18, and he said, I, this is what I will do. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He is building his church. He's trying to build his church. And right now, Jesus is building and maturing the church, growing and increasing the church. And his affections are toward the body of Christ, which is the church on the earth. And he's the gift that belongs. Jesus is the gift that belongs to the whole world. But when we join Jesus in building the church by doing our part, we are cooperating with the head and bringing increase to the body of Christ. Do you, okay, see, I don't even think you know what I meant when you said Jesus is the gift to the world. We are to go out and blessed it, get people saved. Bring them to church where they can learn the right gospel. And not religion. I, I could read on my phone what my nephew wrote from Alaska. He was devastated. No, he was devastated. I think he was about, just about ready to commit suicide because all this stuff, you know, and during the holidays. And see, there's no church there. And I'm trying, and there's this conflict with daddy. And, you know, and, and, and the, the, but see, it's a, a mean, mean, mean yeah. religious spirit yeah. that's doing that to him. Yeah. And I'm telling you, we are no longer in religion. Yeah. You can correct me if I get into it. Okay, but see, it's, it's, you, would, you would go, oh my gosh. I just told him, I said, Tony, hang on. I, I don't have time. I didn't have time to answer him. And I said, because I had to put the sermon first. I had to put the church first. And I said, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But anyway, we, we must cooperate with the head Jesus. See, it's a great, it's, wow, a wonderful privilege to be a co-laborer with, with him. He's counting on us to be little Jesuses walking on the earth. It's not a hardship. And it, it should be priority. So we're only do that which, we have to do that which will increase the body, never do that which harms or weakens the body of Christ. So how do we live our daily, even the way we live our daily life affects the rest of the body. We are spiritually growing or hindering our spiritual growth every single day by what we do. And if we are weakening in our spiritual lives, then we are not strengthening the body of Christ. Okay, I'm going to stop pretty soon. So, see, it's vital that we keep maturing as individuals because that strengthens the whole body growing up and maturing. And you know what? And it, and it we're going to, we are, we're going to get there. But, but you guys, you can't, you can't just keep doing one thing in the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how does... How does uh, me either. Right. I'm talking to us. How does every believer bring a supply? God has set us in a place that it, as it pleases him. And we're to occupy and bring our supply. Amen. How do you do that? By fulfilling the role in the local church. And in the Lord, in the local church, we're able to have a vital functioning role in the body of Christ. And we are a part of the others. We're part of the rest of the body in that the community of the body of Christ 
in particular is the local church. But see, sometimes all that other stuff, the bowling community or the whatever community or that community is more important. But see, and you cannot bring your supply either by sitting home because the rest, but people got, I mean, I understand, you know, if there's something, you know, like you come on a surgery, this just happened to you and all that. Anyway, because you know what? The rest of the body is not in our home. Uh -huh. right. uh, see? So, I mean, that kills the live stream stuff. See, we are to come together to function and flow together, and that's the local church. And the local church is very important because that's where we connect and bring a supply to the body of Christ. And that is in this, this, that we're in a region of the earth where it says we've opened up a portal, but by golly, that portal will close if we're not going to do what we're supposed to do. It, it, we did. We're a region of the earth. And the Lord told me once, we are the only ones in the head over the little towns. Cedar Bluffs, Arlington, Snyder, Dodge, Howells, uh, uh, North Bend, all those, Cooper. Yeah, all those little towns. He told me that. He told me that we were the gates of those places. Okay. Hey, and somebody came in here and never knew, knew I was praying that. And they said, and you are now, the gates have been torn. The old gates have been torn down and the new have been put up. In fact, it was Gary DeVoe. And I went, huh? I never told him I was praying that. I never said a word to him. And he's from Tulsa, he was from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, the local church is very important to us because that's where we connect. And we bring that supply. Okay, showing up is fulfilling the first part of the call you have in the body of Christ. And we can, you know, we thank God for TV. There's people, I know, in regions of the earth that there is no nice church. And so some people are even part of Eagle Mountain Church with, well, that's cute, <laughs> Eagle Mountain Church uh, without, you know, just by via TV. But see, the best thing you can, they can't help it. But, and that, but really, we are set in a place, and we are supposed to fulfill that. And when you're faithful in that local church, you'll receive a supply. See, many people find a local church, but their lives are in such a disarray at first concerning their marriage, family, children, finances, health, whatever business. And when they stay and are under the word of God, you get fed and they receive something and it will nourish them and it really then they'll change and start helping in the congregation. And see, that's what's going on, but many times people don't stay because what we say is things we've got to do. But you know what? It's so much better. It's so much happier. I like it. <laughs> but if we're not careful, all we do is think about all of our needs. Me, 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 me. And we've got to go to a church with the, with the idea, I need, 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 I need. And a lot of times that's why people go to church. When we stay, you'll start to grow, mature, and things begin to straighten out, and your needs will be met, and you realize, I have, I have, I have, I have, I have. I have something to give. And you go, kind of, hey, what can I do? What can I do? I'll do anything. I know you said that. I almost feel bad for not making you do stuff. When, <laughs> I was going to call you and say, can you give me some creamer for my coffee? I can't go to the store. <laughs> it's okay. Somebody, I don't know what happened. So, see, notice in the local church, though, we receive a supply and then we bring a supply. But to receive a supply, we have to be teachable and a doer of the word. And all of this is a great responsibility as a member of the body of Christ. But you know what? We can be very busy doing the work of the ministry and still leaving some things undone. 
But I'm, I'm telling you, the Lord has been dealing with me, and you know that, because there's some things I had to stop. And me being at home a lot, are, I've got to get my priorities right and, and, and drop some things. And, and I, that's helped a lot with that, you know. Uh, anyway, maybe we're not spending quality time in prayer, and for this cause, many are weak, sickly, and die prematurely. You got to spend quality time. You know, and pray in the Spirit. It's a time of tweaking and moving to a higher place. And, and God may even show you things that you're, you're doing, even in the secular life, that are a waste of time. Because the time is short. And we may be inhibiting from bringing our total supply. But God loves us so much more than you could even imagine, and he wants the best for us. Amen. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that to any, I, I'm, but, but I just see some things that I've even been doing for the church that I, I've, I had to drop, but I finally had somebody who could do them yeah. for me. Okay, so ask God, what do you want me to do further? Amen. We're going to receive communion now, and then I'll let you go. <laughs> And don't assume all you are doing, even if it is for God, although it's ministry work. Because some things we need to drop off because it's subtracting for what God really wants us to do. <laughs> he didn't tell you this thing whole convicted me. I was crying during the middle of it. <laughs> okay, you know what? Now, I have that prayer of dedication and consecration. Uh, okay, let's get the communion. Now, you know what to do. So if you need to repent for anything. <laughs> so, you know, if you haven't discerned that Jesus died for your sins and that he, he took our infirmities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I'm there too. And, um, or if there's been anything with division in the body of Christ or any, any kind of bitterness, man, we belong to each other. Yes. Yes. Amen. <laughs> That's probably why I had a sore hip. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to, to show you I am not. I am telling you this because I know it, but I am not totally... <laughs> free from guilt, but I am a fighter Repent. when it comes to going to church. Amen. I'm not going to stay back because I like it too much. Wow, he really did this. Um, just fight the good fight of faith. The devil wants to keep people away. And there are some things that are it's Right now, it is. I, I can see that it is. It's huge. Now, a lot of that was from her, her sermon. Some of it wasn't. Some of it was. But I recommend you watch it. You can get it on YouTube like nothing. That was part five, discerning our part. And there's, yeah. I mean, look at, look at it. She's been talking about communion part one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> But this one, I mean, and uh, this is this is getting revelation knowledge about what communion really means in yeah. just the whole body of Christ, and that's where God wants us till the revival comes. Because yeah. yeah. we can't just keep going on, nope. like it, it, we need to bring people. Okay, so where are those? Um, We'll probably dismiss after, and oh, we need a song. Okay, so can we, can we pass those out quickly, ushers? The dedication prayer. You know what? We almost finished. <laughs> we could set it here, so. Yeah. Those? Yes, okay. those. Uh -huh. Gentlemen, just bring them up here. Tony, yeah. Ron, just bring them up here, and they can grab those. Yeah. Or did you mean the communion? Oh, yeah, they can, they can just grab uh, even the communion. Yeah, I meant both. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so.
Now, there's Bill Winston. It's good stuff. But this one we said a lot in prayer. But say it every day. She was saying, consecrate your life first thing in the morning every day. Because it's getting to that point. It's because of the times, because of what's going on. Do you know? Yeah. And there, there's prophetic words, but those prophetic words aren't going to come to pass if we don't do our part Amen. as the body of Christ. He's already done it. We're, it's up to us. And that's why it's even gone this way. Because we were, the church was lax. And half in the world and half out of it. And, yeah. They thought they were going to get raptured way back in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. And it's like Nancy Desprain said, don't let this one pass. <laughs> so that, you know, 100 years from now, they're saying, yeah, they thought they were going to get raptured in the 2000s. <laughs> Amen. Because they said that even in the 1400s, the 1800s, the 1600s. One more day closer to Jesus down there. Keep saying it, church. Yeah. Hallelujah. Okay. Okay, let's, can, you know what, would it be easier on you if we just set it here? Yeah. Let's just set it, yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to stand here. And so, okay, ushers, you can. Uh, Brother Tony. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you can if you want. Do this. Yeah. Yeah, 